0: Is the Portside Pod, the official podcast of the Stockton Ports. I'm the voice of the Ports, Alex Jensen. And on today's episode, my guest is Connor Hughes, who is to be the Ports strength and conditioning coach in 2020. And he discusses his job responsibility, the science of his profession, and much more. During these trying times, Chase Chevrolet is still open and here to serve you. With their Easy Pass service, you can shop online and have your new pre-owned vehicle delivered right to your door. Learn more at ChaseChevrolet.com EasyPass. Connor Hughes joins us. He was to be the uh, Port Strength Conditioning Coach uh, this season in 2020, of course. That is no longer. Hopefully we see Connor in Stockton in 2021 or or somewhere else in the A's organization. Connor, uh, this is your second year with the A's. Thanks for coming on. Uh, how you doing, man? How How's this pandemic treating you?
1: I'm good. Thanks for having me on. Uh, you know, I mean, it's been like we were kind of talking before. It's been interesting. It's kind of something where you just got to kind of roll with whatever's going on. I don't know it seems like on the news, there's you know really no what's going to happen with the pandemic. I don't know. I mean, we definitely have a gauge on kind of where it's going in terms of, I don't know, I guess cases and stuff and spikes, and then hopefully getting numbers to kind of digress. But yeah, I mean, it's kind of been one of those things where it's, I mean, for everyone, it's been different than anything we've ever experienced. So, I mean, for myself, it's been a whole lot of, at least in Arizona for a while, it was a whole lot of hanging out, uh, <laughs> just kind of hunkering down, especially with things getting shut down. But um, yeah, I've been in Nevada the past few weeks just visiting family. So, um, at least where I'm at, it's not quite to the level that it was in Arizona um, in a small town Nevada so uh, it's definitely kind of giving you some opportunities to get outside a little bit more um, and I'm not dealing with the 110 115 degree heat so that kind of changes things as well
0: <laughs> yeah that's always nice right yeah yeah uh, you, it's it's cra- funny uh, sometimes I, ha- I feel like I have to unplug myself from the news for a while it just feels like like you said right now you can kind of drive yourself crazy you know yeah. trying to think too big picture instead of like you know what can I do today yeah. that'll make me feel a little bit like more of a sense of normalcy?
1: Yeah. I would say, yeah, the first few months, I was probably watching the news quite a bit um, or just things you see kind of on social media and those types of things. But yeah, as of late, I've kind of tried to almost not watch it quite as much just because a lot of what you see isn't, um, I don't know, it's not necessarily anything we've ever really seen. So I'm kind yeah. of just trying to stay away from it as much as possible. Um, just kind of trying to stay busy outside the house as much as possible.
0: He's Connor Hughes. He was to be the Port Strength Conditioning Coach uh, in, in 2020. He's been, now, you've been with the A's for a couple of years, right?
1: Yeah, so this was going to be my second season. Uh, last year, I was in the A.Z.L., so we were just playing in the Rookie League. Um, but yeah, that was my first year, and we were down in Mesa the entire time. Um, but yeah, this going to be my second year, and then we were going to be in Stockton. But obviously, that is not the case right now.
0: Yeah, right, exactly. Tell me about your background, though. Like, how, how did you get into this field? Like, how, how did you decide this was something you wanted to do? I know there's plenty of schooling that, that goes into this as well, um, but what what interested you about, about this field?
1: Yeah, I mean, bro, I grew up playing sports my entire life, mainly football and basketball. I stopped playing baseball, to be honest, when I was like <laughs> 10, um, but I grew up watching. Ironically, my dad was always a Giants fan, so I always kind of grew up still watching baseball I wasn't playing obviously but I played football and basketball football was obviously in the fall and then basketball was about year round my dad was a coach so I was always playing basketball um but I'd say in high school when we kind of got in the football you're right you're lifting weights and starting to kind of get into those things I always really appreciated that aspect of the sport um like the summer workouts you go through and stuff for high school football I always really enjoyed it um I guess the grinding quotes I'll put but uh yeah And then from there, I kind of went to college, not entirely sure what I wanted to do. I was a little bit, uh, I don't know if I would say I was lost, but it was just kind of what you get there and you're like, I don't really know what to do. But um, yeah, I went to Boise State and then I was a kinesiology major with an emphasis in physical education. So that was kind of where a lot of my schooling came from. And obviously I did all the exercise science and like the biomechanics and those things that go into strength conditioning. But uh, yeah, I mean, the majority of what I was doing was a lot of teaching types of things. And those are the courses that I was taking, but as it was specific to physical education and movement. So I, don't know, I guess PE in general, in some places, it can be kind of one of those things where it's just roll the balls out and let kids kind of do whatever. But at least the program I came from, um, I mean, I had great instructors, whether it was my mentor teachers or the people that we kind of go intern with and those types of things. But I mean, they definitely kind of, I think would set the foundation for my coaching career in terms of how to teach. Cause I think a lot of what we do as coaches is really just teaching in general. Um, I, I guess there's two different terms for it, but I would say what we do is more specific to teaching. Um, but yeah, so then besides that, I also did an internship at Boise State, um, with Olympic sports under Adam Herman, um, who's at Northwestern now. Um, and then from there I was graduated from college I moved back home and took a PE job back here at Douglas High School um, where I grew up and then uh, yeah I made that about four months and the A's opportunity came up and here we are so.
0: What a winding road like how did first of all what, what was it like working with Olympic sports like what Olympic sports were you working with because I mean I, I love Olympics just as much the Olympics just as much as the next guy I just think like you know gymnastics diving swimming all that stuff is fascinating to me what was that like?
1: Yeah, so I guess the Olympic, and even for me initially, the Olympic sports is more so right a a big university, I guess, especially like a Boise State, right? You have football, and that's almost separate from everything on the other side of uh, other sports, at least in my experience. That's how it was. I don't know what it's like at other universities, but you have the football strength staff, and then with Olympic sports, it's basically everything else. So I would say the sports I worked the majority with was men's basketball, women's basketball, um, volleyball, soccer, and then saw a little bit of gymnastics a little bit of softball but yeah the the volleyball basketball and soccer were probably the main sports that I worked with or interned with so I was more just kind of a guy setting up the weight room and then kind of help move equipment little things like that Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah I mean that was a great experience in terms of at least getting kind of a taste of what it's like to be a strength conditioning coach.
0: Did you ever get to go to a gymnastics meet?
1: You know, we had a really good gymnastics team. I never, no, I never went, but I, during the Olympics, I always loved watching it.
0: Same, right? I mean, and I could see as an intern, like, especially in, in, the, in the strength conditioning program, how you wouldn't, like, on game days, that, that, wouldn't, that wouldn't be, or meet, meet days, I guess, in gymnastics, right? That wouldn't right. necessarily be like, but I've always wanted to see that in person. I mean, I've never gone either, right? Uh, Cal's right down the street from where I am, and right. I've got a gymnastics team, but I've always thought it'd be fascinating.
1: Yeah, I mean, like I said, I love watching during the Olympics and stuff uh, in the summers. I think that's an absolute blast. And I even had a cousin that was, he did a lot of the trampoline stuff. So that, he was pretty involved with USA Gymnastics growing up. So I, I remember that kind of piece of it, but I don't know, I'm about six feet, 190, and I, I have no business doing flips or anything. So I guess maybe I didn't have as, as much of an interest. You um, <laughs> in
0: will be both, man. Uh, those, they're incredible athletes. It's, it's unbelievable what they do. Oh, for sure. For sure. Um, okay, so that, that's an interesting road. So you, you went from being a PE teacher at your high school to working with a professional baseball team. How did that opportunity come about?
1: Uh, I mean, I guess it was kind of I knew some mutual people that kind of put it out like, hey, there's a job opening with the A's. Um, kind of at this, this AZL level where it was kind of a, I guess a good entry level position for someone like me in terms of the beauty of it. I guess the, the way to describe it for me was it was a great opportunity to kind of learn from really smart people because I was based in Mesa the entire season. Mm -hmm. So I was never really quite on my own yet where I say like if I were in Stockton where it was great kind of, you know, six, seven, eight months where I was able to kind of just watch other strength coaches that we have on staff that are really, really smart. So that was kind of the beauty for me, but yeah, I mean, I kind of knew some mutual people that put it out to me like, Hey, there's this job opening. I applied, um, interviewed and it worked out. So, yeah.
0: So what, 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 what types of things did you learn in that first year, uh, you know, especially working in baseball specifically, you know, and I, like you said, I, I can only imagine uh, for, for someone just starting out, uh, you know, with a with club, how beneficial that would be for you to be at the team headquarters. So what, what types of things did you kind of learn on a daily basis and, and you know, ha- like coming out of that, that short season, that AZL season, you know, how much how much more prepared or better prepared do you, do you feel like you were to, to be on your own, as you alluded to?
1: Yeah, I mean, a lot of it was just kind of simple stuff. I mean, initially you come in and you have guys that are rehabbing there, you have guys that are just training there for the offseason, and then you're the new guy, so you're kind of the oddball. But, um, I mean, for me, initially, I mean, I think with anyone that's working in sports, even personal training, whether whatever realm that you're working with, people, the biggest thing is just can you just build a relationship. So I think having personal skills with – um, even just being able to socialize people you don't know and it, at first I, mean, I think for everyone it's kind of awkward when you're the the new guy that just got hired and then you got all these people that know each other they're training at the facility but yeah I mean that was kind of the initial part for me the learning experience it was just kind of interacting pe- with people and getting to know them and then from there it makes things a lot easier in terms of working with them specific to the strength conditioning side um, but I mean I guess specific concepts that I really learned was I mean, even just kind of organization throughout the day. And obviously in the off season, the days are a whole lot slower than when when you get to spring training. It's quite the uh, production, I would say. There's a lot of moving pieces to it. There's a lot of people kind of running around. But, um, yeah, I mean, there's basic concepts regarding anatomy and those types of things. But um, I I would say everyone kind of has their own philosophy with it. So I kind of base a lot of things that I've just been taught through the people with the Oakland A's and kind of things that I've read. I, the first certification that I really did after the CSCS that's kind of the initial one to even get into strength conditioning but after I did that and I did that when I was still in college but it uh, was the CES which is corrective exercise uh, specialist so that's basically just kind of understanding the continuum of you know foam rolling or self myofascial release and then going to stretching and then activation exercises and then integrating um, kind of the new ranges of motion that you've created and then integrating it into kind of the functional movements that you're going to really just kind of see mm-hmm. in daily life, whether it's walking, uh, bending over, running, whatever it may be. But um, that was a big one for me, but I, I think functional anatomy, I think any strength coach would agree with me. It's probably a huge initial piece is really understanding the anatomy. I remember I took anatomy classes in college and after that, initial class you kind of go go on to forget some of that stuff and it's things i still have to go back and review you know i mean it gets pretty specific in terms of insertions actions and those types of things and i for me that was a huge component in terms of just understanding how guys move and if they're feeling tight somewhere it's like well what are the movements that maybe are creating these issues and Mm -hmm. it's never as simple as just going oh well it hurts here so let's go dig into this i mean there's different ways to view it but um, understanding the functional anatomy, then with the corrective exercise specialist certification, that was that was huge for me, at least initially. It seems like uh, you know
0: you're always kind of learning, at, at least from what I understand in your profession. Like you're always kind of learning, but that, as you mentioned, the uh, the ability to be able to go back and review, but everything, like you said, is so specific. Like being able to have those answers off the top of your head has to be almost impossible. I'm sure it takes you like years to acquire. Uh, you know, that type of knowledge.
1: Yeah, for sure. And yeah, I mean, I'm young into the the profession too. So, I mean, I I know I have a lot to learn and stuff and I'm excited to learn those things. But yeah, I mean, it's definitely, yeah, there's some things you probably know off the top of your head, just based off of kind of just memorization and doing it every day. But yeah, there's definitely things where you don't have an answer right away. Um, And then that's where it's important to kind of communicate with your athletic trainer and those types of things. And you guys Mm -hmm. can kind of come up with whatever, approach you're going to go with to kind of I don't know say help a guy feel better when something's feeling a little bit tight but yeah I mean that I never say it's just it's as simple as just one little answer I mean there's a number of things that can kind of play a role whether whether it's depending on how much they're playing in games or what they did in the weight room the day prior I mean there's a number of things that could affect it.
0: Uh, You mentioned spring training and I, I we were talking about this a little bit before I hit record but the end of spring training, like when this whole thing hit and, you know, everyone was sent home and I've gotten plenty of people's uh, view on this. I, I remember I was in Arizona at this time too, but wh- what was like your experience with that whole thing? Cause from what I understand, everything shut down like so quickly. I mean, everyone was out of there like, you know, three days prior, everything was normal. And then all of a sudden the facility empty. So what was your perspective on how everything kind of uh, shut down in March and, and the process of getting everybody out of there?
1: Yeah. I mean, like, yeah, it was about four or five days. I want to say that we were even in there. I don't even think we, yeah, we didn't even have position players there yet. Um, They were flying in. Actually, I think the day that everything got shut down and everyone got sent home, I think they were supposed to fly in that day or maybe the day after I can't remember, but um, yeah, I mean, I think I said it earlier. It was was once the NBA thing kind of blew up, it was, that's when you kind of knew things were in trouble. Um, So it was more of just a waiting game. I mean, we can, kind of continued to do our job until we were told we couldn't really, um, and then, yeah, everyone kind of got sent home, I remember, and luckily, I live in Arizona, so it wasn't like I had to jump on a plane or anything, um, so I just kind of went home, and I was, I figured it'd be like two weeks, maybe a month, but obviously, I was very wrong. Um, we all thought that, I think, that's what I yeah, thought. Yeah, and I remember initially kind of asking someone, like, how long do you think it's going to be, and they're like, oh, I bet we're back, you know, like in May or something, and it was like two or three weeks later, I think everyone kind of went, okay, it's probably not going to take that soon, yeah. uh, if at all. So um, yeah, I mean, it was weird. It was, I remember it was kind of, that week was really rainy. So we had a guy, we weren't outside a whole lot until that last day, I remember. But we. I just remember that whole week we we're stuck in the weight room watching TV, which was probably not a good thing because not, I mean, obviously guys were working out and stuff, but we had TVs in there, we had ESPN on, we're just kind of sitting there you know, waiting to see kind of what happens. But, yeah, it was bizarre. But it was basically just a waiting game.
0: <laughs> so, bizar- like, everything about that week was bizarre. You mentioned the rain. Like, the A's had a game rained out on March 11th. Rained yes. out in the Cactus League, which is, like, unheard of just about. But everything right. from the weather to the coronavirus. Like, yeah, it, from hell in Arizona.
1: Yeah, I mean, it was a bizarre time. And it's still a bizarre time. It is still Even a bizarre though, time. It won't be quite as bizarre, but.
0: Let's hope soon. It's the perfect time to purchase a new car today at Chase Chevrolet. Take advantage now of model year end inventory reduction prices and supplier pricing on select 2019 vehicles. You can always count on Chase Chevrolet for the best prices, best service, and easiest car buying experience. And now, back to our episode. Well, so explain to me kind of your day-in, day-out job responsibilities and how that changes from, uh, you know, the off-season spring training to the regular season. Uh, and and, you know what that's all about
1: okay I mean for the off season for myself at least at least when I first got hired by the A's I I technically didn't have to go down until March until spring training but um, yeah I mean I basically ended my job as a teacher at the end of the first semester so that was about in December I just moved down in January I had some family that lived down there so I was staying with them Um, and that was kind of a good time for me at least to kind of just jump in and see things at a little bit of a slower pace but So I guess for an off-season day, I mean, for me, I don't have to go in every single day in the off-season, but um, if at all, really, but I get bored in Arizona, so I have no problem going in, to be (laughs) completely honest. But um, yeah, I mean, you show up and then a lot of times guys kind of do their treatment uh, with the athletic trainers if they need to, and then they kind of come rolling in um, in the morning to do their active warm-up, which is something that, you know, we kind of promote. I guess, put out to most of our players are like, let's make sure we get this done before any of our work. So they kind of go through that, which takes about 20 to 30 minutes, um, depending on kind of what guys need to work on and stuff. And then from there, it's kind of dependent on the baseball activities um, for the day. So if the, they usually, will, I guess in the Austin, they'll go do their stretch, they'll go do their baseball stuff. And then, I mean, it can be different for a pitcher versus a position player, but they'll do their baseball stuff. They'll come do their conditioning and then they may have a lift for that day. Um, but that's kind of a typical off-season day. And then I'd say, honestly, during the season, obviously, there's some move, more moving parts, but it's similar to that, which um, just kind of dependent on the day. Um, and it's just a lot more people and really fast moving. So obviously, it's kind of go see the trainers, get the work in you need to do there. And then come to us, do your active warm-up, get your body ready for the day. Go outside, stretch, uh, which obviously the strength coaches are part of that. We run the stretches and mm-hmm. then do the baseball stuff. And then, for the most part, look, if you're a pitcher, especially, you'll go to your conditioning stuff. Um, and then, kind of depending on the day of the week, they'll come kind of get a lift from us as well.
0: How much do things differ off season versus in season in terms of what you want guys to focus on? Because I've always like in the in the rhythm of a baseball season. you know, before the last couple of years, I always kind of wondered how, you know, guys maintained and and everything like that. But from your perspective, like, you know. In your profession, what is there a difference between the off season and the regular season, in, in what you got want guys to focus on, like you know, uh, getting stronger, building muscle, for example, in the off season, you know, whatever it may be. What what's the main difference that you that that you want guys to focus on in those two
1: times of the year? Right. Yeah. I mean, or is big, there?
0: I guess.
1: Yeah. The big difference between the off season and in season is obviously the workload, right? They don't have games or anything, so. I mean, unless they're, I guess, playing winter ball and stuff, then it makes it's a little different. But in general, right, where say the guys in Arizona, right, they're just kind of training at this point, doing some some throwing and those types of things. And obviously, it ramps up the closer the closer we get to the season. So in the off season, we can kind of throw a little bit more at them in the weight room, but it's I it's nothing crazy. It's not like we're doing like German volume training where it's like 10. Yeah. And it's still still very similar to kind of what we do in season, um, but we can throw a little bit more, I don't know, Maybe maybe we'll make it where it's a little bit like a lower body, upper body split, where in season, a lot of it, for the most part, a lot of it's total body stuff, kind of depending on, you know, who we're working with, but um, yeah, I mean, there's definitely differences, in kind of the goal is to build guys up in the off season, right, we want to get, we want to get bigger, stronger, and then we kind of want them to be ready to go for spring training because that's going to be a huge spike in the workload. So we don't want to just crush them before the season because the most important part is the season. Um, and then once we get to the season, it's I mean we're still training hard and stuff, but it's definitely kind of uh, I know you gotta. I guess we always in baseball we call feel, but you have you have to have an idea of kind of what they're going through each day from the stresses from just the season, whether it's positive or negative stress. Um, it all contributes. So um, yeah, I mean, we still train hard and we're still trying to maintain strength. If we can get guys stronger, great. But in the end, they got to be on the field. So that's kind of got to be the, the priority. Um, and then we yeah. go from there.
0: I can only imagine, like, what building a program, what that would, like, that would be like. Because, like you said, you have the offseason where you, you want to build up strength so, you you know, guys can be on the field for mm-hmm. and, and perform at a peak you know, perform at peak level for six months in a row, including spring training, right? And then during the regular season, I guess that changes a little bit. It's just – that's always been interesting to me. And I guess it's probably different from guy to guy, right, especially in terms of in-season workload, like the way their body reacts.
1: For sure, yeah. I mean, not everyone responds to the same stress the same way. and that's I mean, that's anything in life. So, yeah, yeah, I mean, it's – in general, yeah, I mean, we'll have kind of our lifts, but no lift is ever the same for – the same two guys or two different guys, right? You're going to have little adjustments that go into it. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it can be all over the board for the most part. I mean, it just kind of depends on who you're working with, which makes it fun though.
0: Oh, I, I can't. I, and I can also imagine that like, it, I'm sure it's, it, it's got to be harder for minor league guys than at the big league level. A lot of things are, uh, but it's got to be hard for minor league guys because you don't always have that one off day built in to your schedule.
1: Yeah. And I mean, to be completely honest, that was going to be kind of a learning experience even for myself, kind of be on yeah. the road, right? And May said in the AZL, the furthest we're traveling is about an hour. Um, and then after that, we're just riding the bus back. We don't have those long road trips or anything. So yeah, like I said, that was going to be a learning experience for me and kind of getting used to that schedule because the AZL even has a pretty, uh, I want to say it's like every four days, for right, on that fifth day, you have, a, you have an off day. So it's pretty predictable in terms of kind of what the schedule is going to look like. It's never... I mean, it, you you hear these teams that go on like a 15-game streak, right? And then they got to just kind of be grinding through it. So, yeah, I mean, it's just – yeah, you kind of just got to have to feel it out, I guess, as you go. And then obviously you want to be prepared for it and stuff and have it kind of planned out. But it's like teaching. You always have a plan, but as soon as it kind of comes down to it, you always got to kind of be ready to move um, and be flexible with whatever's going on.
0: Yeah, you said it, man. I mean, like 15 days in a row. I remember looking at the schedule when it first came out, and there was like a month and a half or two-month stretch where there was like two off days in the board yeah. schedule this year. So we can look forward to that next year. Okay, so what – like you alluded to it a little bit earlier, but give me the main difference in, in dealing with hitters, position players versus pitchers.
1: Yeah, I mean, pitchers for – at least for the, a starting pitcher, I mean, they kind of have a little bit more of a set routine, right? Sure. So, um yeah, I mean, with – Hmm, I'm trying to think of how to break this down I guess and get even to- like
0: muscle groups like where you want like what muscle groups you're trying to focus on for all these guys I mean whatever comes to mind
1: yeah I mean it's it's really pretty similar across the board obviously pitchers I mean they're throwing quite a bit more mm-hmm. uh, compared to um, a position guy at least in the game and then obviously they're the throwing programs that they do every day but um, yeah I mean those are the big pieces in terms of monitoring the workloads for pitchers so whether they're a reliever or a starter, obviously a starter's hopefully going to go a little bit longer than a reliever and the reliever's going to be a little bit shorter. So they're for the most part going to be up to pitch again um, in a smaller time span than say a starter, right? Cause they're going to be on their routine. But um, I think monitoring that in terms of just kind of how they're feeling and, and kind of going based on kind of how they're feeling, like, you just got to talk to the guy and say, mm-hmm. You know how, how are things going? Are you feeling good? If they're feeling good, then you can kind of go, just go about your business um, with how it's planned. But yeah, I mean, sometimes guys are a little bit worn out and you got to back off a little bit. Um, with position guys, I mean, they're out there for the most part every single day. Um, where a pitcher sometimes you get your, your days off and stuff where you can kind of recuperate a little bit. Where position guys, uh, at least from what I saw, I mean, there's definitely times where they're fried and then you got to kind of have That understanding, okay, this is what they've been doing. This is how they're feeling. Maybe we need to back off a little bit. Or there's times when a guy's feeling really good and kind of let him roll. Let him do what he needs to do in the weight room. Um, But, yeah, I mean, it's to be honest, it's all fairly similar. I mean, lifts are definitely structured differently based on um, if you're a starting pitcher where they have a little bit different schedule where maybe they'll do a lower body one day and upper body the next. Um, Where position guys, we do a lot of total bodies with them. Um, or maybe we can just consolidate the stress all in one day, um, rather than do lower body one day, do upper body the next day. Let's just put the stress all in one day and then kind of let them recover for a few days and go from there.
0: You mentioned the word feel. I mean, it just feels, it seems like there's a lot of that, like using your people skills, as you mentioned at the very beginning, you know, with, with feeling out kind of the situation and being able to look forward and, and seeing what you have in the next five days, knowing when guys have a day off. All that type of stuff plays into this, like the whole in-season grind.
1: Yeah, and I mean, that's, that's one of those things that just comes with experience, too. I wouldn't mm-hmm. say I have not mastered by any means. Um, I don't know if anyone ever has it mastered. But, yeah, I mean, I think it's your ability to kind of be flexible and have an understanding of what's going on. And, but it kind of depends on how much you've really seen. I mean, baseball was a completely new sport for strength conditioning stuff for me. Mm-hmm. Um, so that first year was a ton of learning, just like the baseball type of things. That go into the sport that's just all sports specific it has nothing to do with strength conditioning, so that was a big thing that I had to gain i guess the feel of, but um, yeah i mean it's it 's all kind of based on your experience and how well you can kind of adapt to it.
0: How much does diet play into this? I mean are, are you you know part of your job description is strength conditioning you know does does diet fall under your umbrella or is that more of an athletic training thing, or you know who i mean that 's another thing right during the season you know, diet becomes very important, I'm sure. So uh, how does that play into the equation?
1: Yeah, I mean, we definitely, I guess for me, I try to keep things pretty general in terms of the nutrition stuff, because I'm not like a registered dietitian, we have people that we can talk to, we have a guy that has a a master's in nutrition. So Mm -hmm. that's definitely like a resource that if he's there, I'll kind of go to him. But yeah, I mean, I'll try to promote obviously good habits and stuff. Um, But I don't deal a ton with the diet thing. But yeah, I mean, like I said, it's more about just kind of being a good example, first of all, and then also just kind of promoting um, good habits. And if they have questions, then and it's something, you know, kind of basic or general that I can certainly answer. But if it starts to get a little more specific, I kind of try to revert it to someone that definitely has a little more experience with it, or I'll kind of do my own research on it. But um, yeah, I mean, it's extremely important. It's extremely important for everyone, obviously, um, especially in this country right now. But yeah, I mean, during the season, you're, what you put in your body is what's going to fuel your body. So um, if you're just putting crap in there, obviously you're probably not going to get the most out of your body. I mean, I think it's little things like that where obviously you still got to be human and enjoy you know, every a cookie every now and again. Um, <laughs> yeah. I really do, but, um, you can't yeah, eat I mean, McDonald's every day. What's that?
0: I say you can't eat McDonald's every
1: day. No, for sure. And I mean, once you're at that level, it's kind of – you know, I think as a pro baseball player, it's kind of it's, it's your career. It's kind of what you're going to put into it as well. And I think that's for anyone in in athletics. You know, I think diet, especially now, we're finding out more and more about it and how it just how important it is and how much it affects kind of human body. And that's a whole nother rabbit hole from a kind of a science or scientific concept side of things. But um yeah, I mean, it's it's a huge piece, and I think it's probably. More challenging when you're not in Mesa, where you kind of have that little cafeteria there, where we can get these really well-prepared meals. Where you're on the road sometimes with an affiliate, an affiliate, and you just don't have those resources, and you just got to kind of do the best that you can and go from there.
0: Yeah, I, got, I, I can imagine that's a learning experience uh, for players, especially. You know, oh yeah, I, maybe even like a little bit of a trial and error, like figuring out when you're in the minor leagues. I mean, some of these guys are 18 years old right and they're you know they're living I mean not maybe not in Stockton but living away from home for the first time and figuring out how to do this stuff on their own like I I can I can only imagine how how tough that would be if you don't have that type of experience and how that is like a a trial and error type of deal
1: yeah yeah I mean I I'm even thinking about when I first went to college and stuff right yeah or cafeteria and it's kind of like wow I have all these I mean I remember all the treats they would always have for us and stuff and it was kind of like well, this is great but Yeah, I mean, especially being someone that's kind of into the strength conditioning side of things, obviously, I was kind of, that was probably when I first started to kind of pay attention to those things in terms of nutrition and uh, and kind of, you know, watching what you eat, don't just eat cookies all day. But uh, yeah, I mean, like you said, we get these guys that are 18 years old, and all of a sudden they're away from home for the first time, and maybe some of them haven't really cooked many meals for themselves, and then now it's kind of time for them to kind of make those decisions. What am I going to eat? What am I going to prepare for myself? um and yeah I mean it's for sure trial and error I think it's trial and error probably for guys throughout their entire career um you know I mean you get major league guys probably have a little bit more of a routine kind of dialed in hopefully but young guys it's that's part of the kind of the learning experiences what are you going to do outside of you know the field or the weight room that's going to hopefully benefit you to you know be a better baseball player or whatever it may be
0: and especially like you, you mentioned the AZL and how you know you have the 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 uh the food on site there in in mesa big difference right between guys in the acl azl and guys in the cal league where you know on the cal league you're you're on a bus for a six hour ride and there may be a stop like you know at a gas station or whatever or you know at a food court on 99 or or i5 and making the right decisions there is is so important
1: right yeah and at that point i mean kind of comes down to i mean you need you need calories so i'm sure there's you got to just
0: got to do get, something.
1: Yeah. Get whatever you can and kind of go from there. But um, yeah, I mean, obviously if you can choose the best resource possible, but yeah, sometimes it's, that's the tricky part about baseball. You're on the road a lot and especially minor league baseball, you don't really know what your resources are going to be. And then, um, yeah, you got to just make sure you get the calories in first but,
0: but it's, You know, that's one thing I didn't think about working in college sports, you know, guys wear different hats and, and you wear different hats too, to a certain extent, but having that resource of, you know, a dietitian uh, that that's employed by the A's that that's a nice resource for you. And I'm sure for the, for the players to have.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And we certainly, I mean, as strength coaches, we have some general knowledge with it, but there's definitely some specific probably skills that um, a dietitian can kind of recommend to a guy kind of learning to create his own diet routine, I guess um, where they can kind of provide a little bit more insight in, in terms of how to develop those skills and kind of give them some good information where, like I said, I just kind of put out general information. You go. This is probably the best way to kind of like structure your plate, and then <laughs> go from there. One thing
0: that uh, that, I, that I found interesting when I when I, you know started to to learn more about your field is how it's always evolving, and how much uh, kind of research and you know kind of keeping up with with um, you know the the new methods and how like I, how the field is always evolving. Uh, there's there's quite a bit of studying that goes into what you do. And you, you alluded to some of it, but how, how much does, uh, you know, kind of keeping up with, maybe not what necessarily be, may be new, but like the the, the breaking research, um, you know, what what people are learning about how bodies work, like you like you said, constantly. Mm-hmm. How much does that
1: go into your job? Oh, I, I'd say a ton. Last year, I, I'd go to work, and then once I got home, it was – I mean, there's a lot of resources out there, right? Like there's the research journals. Uh, there's the things that you can look up online that are just research-based, right? It's like PubMed type stuff. And then, I mean, YouTube's probably the greatest resource out there. mean, there's podcasts. There's guys doing tutorials. There's, I know like NSCA has, you know, full-blown conferences and where they put up uh, presentations of people uh, talking about different concepts. So, yeah, I mean, I think we were talking, maybe I said it on the podcast, but I love – watching reading looking into that stuff so it's not very difficult in terms of getting myself motivated that stuff I kind of just do it naturally um but yeah I mean it goes into it a ton and if you're not evolving with the field you're eventually gonna get left behind that's why I think I like the field so much it's I I guess I can almost relate it to me like when I was a an athlete growing up right you you're always working on your skills and if you're not working on your skills there's kind of that anxiety that you're gonna get left behind so I mean I would I'd certainly say that's something right now that's kind of playing a role, right? It's kind of trying to find those things where, how can I make myself better right now as a strength conditioning coach when I don't necessarily have access to, to training people firsthand right now, which I think is probably the best learning environment is when you can just actually do it right. I'm I'm a hands-on learner. So when I can just go be in the weight room and work with guys that that was my best learning experience for sure. But Right now, it's kind of what can you find on YouTube? What resources can you find right now and dive into? I mean, sometimes for me, it's, you know, I just kind of, I don't know. There's something that I find really interesting, and I'll kind of dive into it for a few weeks and move on to something else. But that's kind of all it is right now. But, yeah, I mean, I guess going back to your initial question, it's an enormous part of the field. And if you're not doing those little things, then I, I think you're going to get left behind, especially right now when you can't be training people.
0: Totally. And it just seems like you, there has to be like a curiosity, you know, uh, kind of built into your personality to be successful at what you do, right? To, to always, you know, figure out how to evolve. Like we said, I mean, so much of it is evolving, but having that curiosity to be interested in doing that, it, it seems like it's kind of got to be ingrained in your personality to be successful in your field.
1: Right, yeah. I mean, even for like just working out myself, when I just go out in the, <laughs> I got a buddy down here in Nevada that has a little garage gym. So I'll go out there and work out. But yeah, I mean, even like in college, working out was more just, you know, I mean, I'm just getting my workout in, whatever. I like exercising. I like strength conditioning. But mm-hmm. once I got to the A, there was a whole lot more of, I guess, being introduced to these different concepts and stuff. So now it's, I, yeah, I mean, when you're working out, it's, or even just walking, someone watching someone walk down the street, you're going, oh, you're looking at these anatomy things, which just sounds absolutely bizarre, which I totally understand people are going, this guy's a weirdo, but you just, I mean, this is your field and you're watching how people walk and you're going, Oh, well, this is, I don't know. This is related to this. It's just, yeah. I mean, it can become one of those things where you're constantly thinking about it, but I personally, like I said, love reading and watching that kind of stuff. So um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's easy for me to do in terms of motivation well anyone that's passionate about their
0: field like you know i mean that, that's kind of what you do right just everyday type of stuff yeah, yeah it's always I mean, on your mind
1: yeah you analyze it, and that's kind of i guess the reference i'm making it right you just you watch someone move and for at least for my field that's what i do so you're constantly analyzing it, and even for myself i'm working on going, why am i moving yeah. this way why am i doing this how can i make it better so yeah i mean it it almost gets to the point where it's borderline obsessive but um, yeah i mean that's that's kind of the field
0: all right so i here's how i want to end this uh what were you looking forward to about being in Stockton? Like, you know, I don't have you ever been to Stockton, Banner Island Ballpark?
1: Yeah, I mean, I've actually never been to the ballpark, but I've been to Stockton. I used to go to okay. like AU basketball tournaments down in Sacramento quite a bit, so it was pretty nearby. And I had family in the Bay Area, so I actually just drove through there because I was in Santa Cruz. So, oh, yeah. perfect. I'm fairly familiar with it.
0: So, what were you looking forward to about like being an affiliate and being in Stockton specifically, in 2020?
1: Um, you know one piece that i was really excited about was stockton because initially i was going to be in vermont which is across the country which i was actually really excited about but initially with stockton i was close to my family so that was kind of an exciting part where they're going to be able to come to games and stuff and i'd be able to see them pretty frequently because they're only a few hours away but um i mean in general i was just excited to be at, at the affiliate i was ready to kind of just be in the actual environment not that the azl wasn't but it's it's not you're not on the road, right? So. That was a big piece for me. I was just ready to kind of be thrown into the fire of the actual thing. Um, the traveling aspect of it, I kind of miss those those parts in high school when you're going through high school sports and you on bus rides. I, I don't mind that stuff, right? You can kind of sit down and listen to music, do those types of things. But I guess in general, to answer your question, I was just looking forward to the minor league baseball lifestyle, which I know is a grind and a lot of people you – know, I mean, a lot of people are probably like, oh, holy crap, uh, minor league baseball, it's – these long road trips, those types of things. But I was, I was really honestly just looking forward to And I'm working with um, a really great staff. I think we we're going to have a blast, but um, yeah, unfortunately, the pandemic is up and rolling. Let's hope
0: man, that it's just on hold until 2021. I mean, that's, you know, uh, I was looking forward to getting to know all you guys and it's been, it's been fun to kind of do this virtually, you know, with Nick and, uh, and yourself and, uh, and Vic Zapian, who's the, you know, the clubhouse manager there in Stockton and everybody else involved with the ports. I mean, you know, it just it, it seems like such a fun place to be. I can't wait to be there in twenty twenty one. I hope that you're along for the ride too, man. Um and uh yeah, I mean that's that's kind of the nice thing about this is like we were talking about at the very beginning, is it is it's 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 temporary. I mean, this isn't this isn't permanent, it's it's temporary and, and baseball will be back again soon.
1: Yeah, for sure. No, yeah. I mean like you said, I'm hoping twenty twenty one we get things rolling and things are back to normal and we kinda go about our business. Um yeah, I I think it was gonna be a blast. Um so hopefully you know, like we're both saying, we can kind of get it, get it going again next year.
0: Well, Connor, thanks so much, man. I really enjoyed catching up with you. Uh, and I, I hope 2021 is a year that we'll be able to spend together in Stockton. Uh, stay safe during this whole thing, and uh, I hope to talk to you soon.
1: All right. Sounds good. Thanks for having me.
0: Thank you for listening to this episode of the Portside Pod. If there are topics or interview subjects you'd like to hear on future episodes, tweet at me, at ajensen86. The Portside Pod is available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and other platforms, as well as at our home anchor.fm slash stockton ports you can also visit the ports website at stocktonports.com and follow the ports on facebook instagram twitter and other social media platforms until next time i'm alex jensen please stay safe and we'll talk to you on the next episode of the port side pod